Welcome to Hop To It. Hey, Trey. Hi, Nay. Are you ready? Ready for what? To pack our house, take our dog, and hop in the car. We got a car. Don't worry about it. It's time to go. Let's go explore and find a new city to call home. Because we are Nay and Trey. The alchemist and the shaman. And it's time for us to hop to to it. it. We're still winding our way through Colorado, visiting old friends and seeing familiar sights. During this episode, we visit both Fraser and Denver. And we share some of the things we'll miss about being on the road and the things we'll be happy to leave behind. Oh, and don't forget the weather. We can't seem to leave behind the weather. (laughs) Please tell me it's not going to snow again. Yes, driving across Bertha Pass could have been a lot gnarlier than it was. I'm relieved that waiting a day for weather to clear worked out so well. Our trip might have got delayed a day, but our lives were extended many years. Yeah, I am so grateful for the blue skies and the clear roads on our road trip from Guffey to Fraser. After four days of being socked in by the snow, it feels so good to get out and back on the road. Plus, it is just breathtakingly beautiful. I mean, gorgeous to see this fresh fallen snow on all of the mountain peaks and dusting all of the pine trees. I didn't think this was something I was ever going to see again. And it makes me feel like we're going snowboarding. Well, the snow was well-timed for our visit. The most beautiful days in Colorado are definitely when it snows and covers the mountaintops. Or in the spring, the mountain flowers with all the colors are really dope too. But somehow, we've seen all of it during this quick trip. I'm feeling blessed. Yeah. You know, for me, it was a ton of fun to drive through Breckenridge, Colorado. Because I have so many great memories of snowboarding days up there. And now here we are in Fraser, another ski town that sits just north of the well-known ski resort Winter Park. So this is another quick hop to round out our mountain month before we head into Denver. Fraser is cute enough. It's got a population of 1,400. So it's like, don't blink. You will miss it. It's only a couple street lights and you're in and out of town. Yeah, but you know, even though it's a small town, it feels to me like we're finally back in civilization. After those three weeks we spent living at two ranches, I am so excited that we're finally at a condo in walking distance to groceries and restaurants and everything else that Fraser has to offer. So I think I've learned something about myself this month. I am not planning to live in the remote wilderness anytime soon. It's just not for me. I am kissing the ground of civilization right now. (laughs) (laughs) We'll save those forests for vacation only. Fraser looks like a great place. We can actually see snowboarding runs in Winter Park Ski Resort from here. In all my time in Colorado, I only got to Winter Park once. Heard about it a ton, but the mountain view from our Airbnb condo is breathtaking. I'm going to sit out here and just look at the mountains. Yeah, you know what? Me too. I think I've only been to Winter Park once or twice during my entire snowboarding career, which began when I was 15. So, (laughs) yeah, everybody talks about Mary Jane. Yeah, that's so true. Mary Jane's up here too. Yep. Uh, But I agree. I just keep rubbing my eyes because these views of the ski runs and the mountain peaks and all this fresh fallen snow is surreal. Also, I just have to shout out our Airbnb. I'll put a walkthrough video in the newsletter this week, but it's a two-bedroom, completely remodeled 
condo with all of the amenities. We're talking king size beds, fully stocked kitchen, washer, dryer, hot tub, and pool, and best of all, Wi Fi. How <laughs> I missed you, Wi Fi. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> We must have got a deal because this week is right after the resort has closed for the season. So not crowded this time of year, I'm sure. And this town has to be a little different. Like, I wonder how many people come out here to work for the ski resort and how many people come to visit the ski resort. You know, that's a different kind of tourism. Yeah. Now, I bet the population of this 1500 person town balloons to like maybe 10 times its size during the winter. I looked it up and Winter Park Ski Resort actually gets over 1 million visitors per year. Whoa. Yeah. And you can really tell that it's true because even this condo, I think most of the units are empty right now. Yeah. And I know for a fact that a lot of the units here are second homes for people who live in Denver or other areas and Airbnbs like the one we're in. So it is kind of spooky quiet here right now. Mm-hmm. But Gotta say, I still feel like we're back in civilization. And even if there are only 1,400 people somewhere around here, feels better than population zero to me. Yeah, it's got (laughs) stoplights. That counts for something. Yeah, we haven't seen a stoplight in so long. (laughs) And, you know, Fraser has really been delightful. We're not actually considering Fraser as a potential home, though, because we know for a fact that we don't want to live in a town this small and this touristy but uh let's talk a little bit about it anyway because hey we're here for a week and there's some cool things to share so i'll start with fraser has some great restaurants including my favorite meal here this one was a surprise to me but it turned out to be the vegan hot dog from fraser valley hot dog (laughs) (laughs) i never thought those words would come out of my mouth (laughs) right (laughs) That hot dog was shockingly delicious. I laugh when I heard the vegetarian option was a carrot in a hot dog bun. Haha, ha, very funny. <laughs> but the joke was on my taste buds because that hot dog was hot diggity good. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, way better than the in and out version of a vegetarian option. Okay. I mean, if you're a vegetarian and you try to order a vegetarian in and out burger, you know what they give you. Oh, yeah. It's pitiful. It's like... Don't even uh, insult my intelligence. (laughs) They gave us a bun with lettuce and onion in it. Yes, in and out. (laughs) I am very upset with you. That was such an insult. Lettuce with cheese. And they even asked, you want cheese with that? If I had known it was salad (laughs) between two pieces of bread, I would have said no. Not even salad, an iceberg wedge (laughs) between two breads. Tomato. uh, (laughs) It was like a nothing LT. (laughs) (laughs) just drop the bacon don't give us nothing yeah so now we know order the grilled cheese from in and out which at least has cheese in it yes and at least gets warmed up (laughs) otherwise you're just looking at a piece of hamburger bun with iceberg um but you know boiled carrot in a bun somehow better (laughs) oh not just boiled season given that umami (laughs) Just soft enough so it isn't a crunch, but it's toothsome. And it's <laughs> Chicago style. So if you don't know Chicago style, I got to tell you, it is very specific. They are the masters of the mustard. So it's mustard. It's got uh, hot peppers, 
You're yeah. going to have a, like a little cucumber relish on there with some celery salt. Mm. My <laughs> Chicago folks know what I'm talking about. Now just replace the hot dog part with the carrot. <laughs> and it works. It, it works. really works. Um, so Fraser also has a couple of breweries, as any good Colorado town should. Thank you. And a bonus has a distillery, which specializes in rum. Is that I right? It was whiskey. Whiskey. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, whiskey. Like taking a flight at that place. Oh, that was so hot. I mean, it burned. It just burned. <laughs> <laughs> it was spicy whiskey. Spicy. I didn't do the flight, so I forgot what they were doing over there. It but was yeah. like six. Yeah. I mean, it was a few shots by the time you were done, but all straight whiskey. <laughs> Firewater. Firewater. Yes. Um, there's also a dispensary. Or two. I think there's at least two dispensaries in this tiny town of 1500, which makes sense because, you know, snowboaters like to imbibe. (laughs) (laughs) True. Uh, But anyway, Fraser definitely has that vacation vibe going for it, which I really haven't felt since we left Pismo Beach. There's just something about being in that kind of town that's so relaxing. You just feel like you don't have a care in the world. Yep. But since we've had so few places get a perfect five for cannabis culture, uh, Trey, do you want to briefly touch on what a perfect score in this category looks like? Ah, yeah, man. <laughs> no, Definitely want to let you know. So <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe we just did that. Okay. I don't have accents. That was bad. <laughs> in Colorado, we see dispensaries like every mile. So like that definitely gives Colorado an extra point for dispensaries. Now, I'm a bit shocked to see more than one dispensary in some of these really small towns, so I'll give them even an extra point for that. But just because they have a lot of dispensaries doesn't mean that it's easy to get the weed, right? (laughs) (laughs) Make it easy. Yeah. So you want to make it easy to get to. Like The laws are usually the problem. So like when we were in San Diego, I deducted points for the dispensary because they were hidden like in the commercial warehouse area. And that just doesn't feel very open. Like I want my cannabis to be like a boutique store experience and not like that negative kind of stigma that can come with like going to a warehouse and coming out with a brown bag. (laughs) Yeah, totally. That's not much different than like the 90s when you went to a weird parking lot. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. This alley. No, it was a friend's basement, but still (laughs) not so fun. So it's like... um. I think that a city gets extra for delivery. Mm-hmm. I want the Mr. Nice Guy experience. If you know, you know. Wink, wink. Isn't that right, Mr. Sampson? I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I okay. don't know. <laughs> Everybody's got to go watch Half Baked. Oh, So awesome. It is Dave Chappelle. So, you know, if you're boycotting him, but oh, yeah. good Dave. Now, I have a list of questions about cannabis um, to help you rate the category if it's a category that matters to you. So look it up in our hop score spreadsheet, give you some ideas of uh, what makes a good cannabis area. Yeah. Good category. Good cannabis culture category, (laughs) as they say. Um, Great. So if we were rating Fraser on the hop score system, which honestly we haven't done, we know that cannabis culture would get a five because there's two really cute boutique dispensaries Right there. It was cool. <laughs> I got to say, so I went in, you came in with me. You don't usually, Im- you don't imbibe, but you don't usually join me in this. But Correct. the place had so much selection. 
they like pulled in a bunch of growers and the the steward the <laughs> was really cool and let me take a picture inside so yeah yeah he was so cute he, he was, was like he was like the surfer of the mountains you know like a snowboarder type Totally. Exactly like a surfer in California. He was like, now this one's good, <laughs> but this one's our top shelf. <laughs> yeah. You got to do like, yeah, dude, this one is really good, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, another category that without a doubt would get a perfect five in Fraser is natural beauty. We're, we've got, you know, a good knack for finding beautiful places and Fraser is one of them. So besides all of the great views of the snowy mountain peaks, we are also fortunate enough to live right near a trail that meanders along the Fraser River. It's such a nice walk, especially with all the water running off from the recent snowstorms. But I have to tell you, I'm really glad we did not encounter a moose. I have heard those things are big and mean. Yeah. <laughs> I actually haven't seen a moose in person, like walking on a trail. So Count that's your lucky stars. Yeah. Now, we learned in Guffy how to identify moose droppings, and there was a big pile on this trail. Now, they're kind of like deer droppings, but bigger. It's kind of funny. I can imagine this like little cool meandering trail great in the winter. Like It's beautiful now in the spring when it's all melted and grass and everything. But gosh, can you imagine this place with like two feet of snow? Just strap on some snowshoes or, you know, telemark skis and just take the same trail. Like, yeah, I'm sure these people have fun. Maybe you're talking me into wanting to enjoy winter again. I don't know. (laughs) Besides the beauty here, the very best thing about our weekend Fraser, I have to tell you, is reconnecting with more of our old friends. They're literally all over the state. So this time we're actually staying in a neighboring condo next door neighbors to my very, very best friend since sixth grade. We were co-conspirators and all sorts of shenanigans starting when we were about 12 years old and continuing on to this day. So my cup is overflowing with happiness to be here. And she surprised me. She brought me a birthday cake. Oh, said happy birthday on it. Super cool. <laughs> yeah. That's what friends are for. Our time couldn't be any better. Our friends, family were free. We got to share in birthdays. You know, I just really loved it. And this Airbnb was easy to rent during the off season. So that was cool. Our host is actually lucky that they own an Airbnb that's in such a hot vacation rental market. Yeah. You know, our host setup is actually kind of closing in on a dream that we've been talking about recently and that's maybe when we land in our new city and we buy a place that we can keep traveling by renting the house out part-time best of both worlds i mean it's kind of an interesting and exciting thought isn't it we should think about that idea for sure yeah i like it now our time in colorado was uh filled with a bunch of short stays so we did durango we did guffy and we did fraser And we didn't really rate those areas, but the idea was to slow down, really reflect on our digital nomad journey to find home. And so we won't expand much more on Fraser. Yeah, except to say it's worth visiting. Definitely check it out if you haven't been and it's convenient to you. Yeah, if you can uh, weave your way through the one million visitors in the winter, ski Mary Jane. (laughs) (laughs) Or just come for the spring, get the nice weather. That's the thing with Colorado. It's like you can do stuff 
during every season in the same location you can have two to four different experiences with snow without snow yeah yeah like our friend was mountain biking every morning totally so guess what though what's that even though it's spring on the day we left fraser to go to denver we got hit by dun 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 (laughs) another snowstorm i could not believe our luck So this time there was no way we were going to be able to stay another night because this was an expensive rental and it wasn't, you know, a friend's house. Mm -hmm. So I was getting a little nervous. I was a bit more confident, though, because it didn't look like this storm was taking over the entire state like the last storm that we got involved in. (laughs) This was more localized. Yeah. But I will admit, I was still nervous as we packed up our car and you were like, wiping the snow off of the windshield with your shirt sleeve (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) because we are not ready for this amen californians in colorado (laughs) don't do it (laughs) so the reason i was worried is because we had to drive back over berthed pass and anytime you go over a pass you go up elevation and the chances are that the snow is going to be like 10 times worse and the roads could be icy and those drop-offs on that road are serious (laughs) yeah these are not subtle elevation changes these are usually extreme and dramatic yeah Yeah. and our car is not rated for any of this so i was a little scared i swear this trip has tested my severe weather driving ability i've driven through so much snow in my years in colorado it's almost seems fitting to finish out with a bang so thank you colorado but now you can stop the extreme bad weather (laughs) don't need it (laughs) i will say that this weather especially these giant snowstorms has done a very good job of confirming that i don't think i'm a colorado girl anymore i'm glad that colorado hasn't faked me out with its perfect spring weather like the kind we met when we were first landed in durango right (laughs) And I'm confident we'll be off the snowy mountain soon enough. Um, so now let's fast forward to Denver. Our Airbnb here is another two-bedroom place, lucky us. And this time we're staying in a duplex with a garage and a yard in the Highlands neighborhood, just a little northwest from downtown Denver. Yeah, super comfortable and close to the ball arena now if you don't know ball arena is where colorado avalanche hockey happens as country <laughs> now i love that we'll be close enough that i can walk to a hockey game if the avs stay in the playoffs watching them fight for the stanley cup is a life dream i've been telling my daughter how great the avs hockey team is but we've never made it to the stanley cup in the past 20 years so this could be the year she might get to see them hold the cup you've been so stoked about this and our (laughs) timing couldn't be better like what are the odds that we would be living in denver when your favorite hockey team was in the playoffs right fighting for the for the stanley cup after eight years away that's wild pretty awesome so technically denver is our last hop on this journey and it's hard for me to believe that we're already arriving at the end of the road like feels like we just left And unlike the other hops, instead of spending a ton of our time absorbing the city and all of its details and taking notes and doing episodes, we're going to be shifting down and we're going to spend our time catching up with friends and family, 
And the rest of it will be reflecting and making our big decision. Where is home? Can we answer this question? We must. We got one more episode to do it. (laughs) (laughs) There just isn't enough time to see everyone in Denver, but we'll do our best to high five folks on our way through town. Now, I'm surprised about how much Denver's grown in eight years. Wow. Our little Airbnb neighborhood on 38th and Federal is cute. I never heard Federal was cute, but this was cute. It was cute. Yeah. Easy access to all kinds of like grocery stores, bunch of head shops. There's liquor, flowers, restaurant, Yeah, all within a block. Now we're really back in civilization, aren't we? Yes. This is what I'm talking about. <laughs> Hand me the latte. Let's this do this. This is a real civilization. I don't have to hike without lattes anymore. Amen. <laughs> And I'm excited we get to revisit our old haunts. Like, for example, we went on a date to the Clock Tower Cabaret in downtown Denver. And that's a place that we used to go all the time when we lived here. Mm -hmm. Um, We used to know a bunch of the performers there. And it was great to like come back and see the acts again. And it's been almost 10 years. So unfortunately, we didn't know any of the performers with one exception, the former MC, Master of Ceremonies, is now the owner that of the cool. Clock Tower Cabaret, which just blew my mind. It was so great to see him. Yeah. He bought us shots and he invited us back. It was just like, whoa, this is, I don't know, right? memory lane. David, <laughs> reliving the old days. Yeah. <laughs> Super fun. Yeah. Nobody does cabaret like Clock Tower does cabaret. Oh, the Clock Tower was the kind of old Denver I really needed. And we've seen other cabaret shows in San Francisco, like at the DNA Lounge, but we've seen way more shows in Denver. And I was just happy to see this iconic business on 16th Street Mall make it through the quarantine. We know some artistic folks and so many performers actually struggled uh, through this period. So our society needs an artist and because they add little... uh, fun and play to life, right? Yeah, I agree. I'm, I was so happy that they made it too. We also found some really, really cool s- new spots in Denver that weren't there before, including the amazing vegetarian food that we found at the next door restaurant in Union Station. Union Station back in the day used to just be like this kind of sketchy rundown part of Denver that you don't want to go to unless yeah. you have to. And they really- Amtrak train station. Yeah. So, yeah. The only time you go to Union Station was to get on or off an Amtrak and you better watch your back. Yeah. But now it's like so up leveled and pretty. And they've done all these things to like restore it to like a former glory. I assume it had a glory day. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Back when trains were cool. Exactly. But they had even added those water fountains for the kids. So, You wouldn't see families playing out in front of Union Station 15 years ago. No, it was so adorable. And the food at the restaurant was great. And then we went to Larimer Square, which has always been pretty hip and cool. Yeah. But this time we found a ice cream shop called Hidden Gems Ice Cream. And I was just blown away. Yeah, that place was psychedelic. They had books flying up the wall. There's so much Alice in Wonderland imagery, like I almost dropped dead in my shoes. (laughs) Downtown Denver or Larimer Square, it's just a great place to party and hang out. Like, we don't party like that anymore, but I love to see a city with like good energy where people are having fun. That was everywhere. People were having fun. The weather was nice. 
the mood was right and there were people out and about it was great all those little scooters was like ah scooter gang very very lively i'm super impressed with denver it's vibrant happening city way different from the quiet country city it used to be that's for sure now i know we're not doing a full rating episode for denver but we did give the city a hop score based on our algorithm denver gets a whopping score of 80 now that's tied with berkeley what yeah that shocked me i had like before we stayed in denver i thought there's no way it would even rank anywhere close to any of my favorite cities but it did well we even did a little secret northern colorado like rating way before this trip started yep and it didn't even get close to berkeley but yeah revisiting these old haunts is really up the score yeah and just living there and being close to all the amenities you know i think i could live there if it weren't for i don't know the tornadoes the hail the blizzards the fires and the heat waves but Otherwise, it's a slam dunk for me. (laughs) If only. (laughs) So on the eve of our finale episode, I'm thinking we may want to do a little game of what we're not going to miss and what we're not not going to miss about traveling full time. And not not joke for old time's sake. What say you? Well, I would like to start with a few things I'm not going to miss, like finding grocery stores, shopping in those new grocery stores, shopping's a chore. And like having everything scrambled around so you can't find it from one store to the other isn't fun. So I'll be happy to leave that behind. I agree. I hate shopping anyway. And it's 10 times worse when you don't know where anything is. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) And you're hungry. Yeah. Yeah. Similarly related to shopping, I'm actually not going to miss shopping for next month's house. Like it can be so demoralizing scrolling Airbnb for hours trying to find that perfect location and then finally spotting something that fits all of your metrics in the location you want, in the budget you want with enough space. And then you send a request and you get rejected just because we have a four-legged furry friend in Mm -hmm. our family. So (laughs) I'm not going to miss that as hard every time. So true. Poor dog doesn't get new respect. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to miss my workstation or lack thereof. (laughs) I actually need more of an ergonomic setup for work. And so I really miss the cool stuff that I get bought at work. Like they would supply us with so much great equipment that I don't have on the road. So I try and replicate it the best I can, but it's a challenge every time. Yeah. And even if you work from a permanent home, you can do the things you need to do to set it up so that you're comfortable. But here it's like we have to be small and efficient and set up in weird spots. So, and I always give Trey the better spot. I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to miss this either. I spend most of my days hunched over my laptop on a couch (laughs) or on the floor. (laughs) I couldn't survive. Uh, I'm not going to miss sitting in the car for hours on end every few weeks. So, you know, I may be a road tripper now. I've learned that I can actually do road trips and there's a lot of benefits, but I still don't love the actual traveling part, getting from point A to point B. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? (laughs) Probably doesn't help the Oscars panting in my ear for like however many hours, four to seven hours every time. (laughs) So not going to miss that. Yeah. And then you can always add in road construction or accidents or blah. (laughs) Yes. Now, in the spirit of not not, 
I will not not miss new experiences in new cities. The hopping around reminds me of being a kid, and I love it. Oh, I'm not not going to miss this not not joke. (laughs) (laughs) So hard. Let you off the hook now. I'm really, truly going to miss experiencing new cities. I hope we can find a way to continue doing more of that exploration, even after we settle down in our new house. Now, I agree. And I'm actually going to miss new foods. Like we find new stuff in new areas like Santa Fe with their Mexican cuisine and uh, all hail the spice. All All hail hail the the spice. spice. (laughs) (laughs) Ditto that. I've had so many food crushes on this trip from vegan boiled hot dogs and Fraser <laughs> right <laughs> to Banuelos and Imperial Beach to green chili breakfast burritos in Santa Fe things that we just can't get when we leave the area so go miss that I'm also gonna miss the excitement of rolling into a new city with the thought maybe this is it maybe this will be home I just love that feeling of hope and anticipation right that's so true Are you our city? (laughs) Daydreaming feels more powerful because we just don't know the outcome. We also had some unexpected delights along this trip. I would love to mention ocean magic. It's probably one of the biggest delights. I knew I liked the ocean, but I didn't realize I loved it that much. And it's really got a different feel from a bay. Like being in San Francisco Bay is awesome. It's beautiful. But that open ocean just has a whole different majesty to it. Just enchants me. Yes. And the dolphins we had in our backyard in Imperial Beach and commuting with the sea lions in Pismo Beach. I always fancied myself a mountain girl. I love the mountains, but ocean magic has really taken hold of me on this journey. Another unexpected delight for me has been how absolutely beautiful the southwestern United States is. Prior to this trip, I did most of my traveling in Europe, and I really underestimated just how absolutely phenomenal the nature in the U.S. is. So grateful for all those national parks. I mean, that was like one of the best things this country has ever done for itself. Mm -hmm. And I've had just so many moments of complete awe along the route. Nice. I agree. The Southwestern United States is a must visit. I'd love to come back and hike some of the places we've heard about. Plus, we still haven't experienced the Grand Canyon or Arizona Antelope Canyon. Another delight has been the kindness of strangers in strange places. We met our Pismo Beach friend C&E because of an act of kindness. Yeah, it's so easy to get paranoid and worried about humans based on what we see online and in the news. It is true. There's a lot of mean, awful humans out there. But the reality is in our day-to-day, most of the people who we've met are doing their best to be good humans. And there are so many wonderful people in this world. CNE were a great example of this. And speaking of people, another unexpected delight for me is how much this journey and this podcast has helped us to reconnect with so many amazing people from our past. I've never felt more lifted up by our community than I have since we started this journey. There's been so much to this journey, good and bad. It's hard to cover everything, but this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, I would do all over again in a heartbeat. And I think that's a real true test of any decision, as if I would make it again. I guess I would make it again. 
Holy smokes, Batman. Can you believe that we're sailing right into decision time? This trip is ending so fast. I don't know if I can choose yet. Well, we have to choose. That's the whole point of this long, strange trip we've been on. Well, maybe a few extra tarot readings will give me clarity. And quick, let's consult an astrologer, too. Don't forget our metrics. But stay tuned. That's next time. If you like us and want to hear more, please rate and follow wherever you listen to podcasts. Bonus points if you tell two friends. You know how these things start. One friend tells another friend about us. And And they they tell tell two two friends. friends, And they they tell tell their friends. And and so on and and so so on. And now for a campfire story. After moving to Colorado, my entire world shifted. I learned that nature is more magnificent than anything man-made. Seeing so many beautiful canyons and forests quickly taught me that Mother Nature is queen of the world. I also learned how to garden for my friends. They taught me how to identify herbs, veggies, and fruit. Being a city kid, plants were grass or trees. Plants were just landscapes before Colorado. But getting my hands dirty, planting seeds, showed me the entire life cycle for foods I never thought about before. Like tomatoes and basil, I was learning by living and working with Mother Earth and Father Son. Thank you, Colorado. As part of that learning, my awareness expanded. I could see that seeds needed time to grow, the herbs and veggies needed water to drink and sun to live. The sun actually ruled the entire process. Gardens and farms need light and warmth. After the longest night of the year, on winter solstice, the daylight hours begin to stretch and grow. The sun's rays shine over the earth more and more each day, warming the ground and telling the seeds to wake up. The earth, sun, and moon were teaching me, teaching me about how the world works. I didn't see it until I slowed down and worked within that system, worked in my garden, Buying groceries in the city never taught me where the herbs and spices came from. I couldn't identify a black or white pepper flower. Did you know table pepper is a seed from the pepper plant? So much knowledge is lost in the grocery store experience. Summer solstice is the longest day of the year. As the day gets longer, our energy builds along with the plants. On the summer solstice, we celebrate the sun and its energy. Some witches try to save some of that sun power for later with a broom ritual. Witches will harvest long grass and tie it around a long, thick branch. That broom is left out to dry in the summer solstice heat. Summer solstice is also the peak of the growing season. After that day, the plants get the signal to mature. Everything slowly begins to prepare for harvest. Fruit trees ripen and vegetables can be picked. Following summer solstice is harvest, the last bit of work before we slow down for winter and get some rest while the earth cools down, plants hibernate. Every day the earth is talking to us, teaching us. If we slow down and become quiet so we can listen, it is all there in front of us. Every year the cycle repeats so we don't go extinct.